Welcome back, everyone. It is time for another episode of TV Channeling, everybody's favorite podcast. How humble I am. But I'm glad that you're here What's listening. What's my favorite? So, yeah. Oh, I what agree. is your favorite? It, a TV Channeling. So I agree that it, it, it may not be everyone's favorite, but it's all, it's our favorite. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> so welcome back for another episode of TV Channeling. My name is Tachi, and I'm here with... Kevin, your co-host, illustrious co-host, with maybe not the most, but a lot. No, you do. You definitely are the most. Work. You are the most serious. (laughs) Serious. (laughs) So glad to have you back, Kevin. How's everything? Um, pretty good. And I think it's it's going to be a really, really good show. I'm pretty excited because this time it isn't just the two of us. We have a special guest. Yes, special guest. Are you ready to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. It's I, too, am very humble. It is the Tone Show, person of the internet and YouTube extraordinaire, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Love to be here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, is we that got exciting a, enough. I, oh, that, that was really exciting. That I'm was excited. very exciting. I'm very dynamic. I worked on it. Thy name is Tone. <laughs> oh, wow. I like that. Thy name is Tone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. So let's get to what we're here to talk about besides pumping up the tone show and talking about TV channeling. We are here to review this week's show. Kevin, what are we watching? Okay, this week we're reviewing Netflix Lost in Space, and it's actually based on the original TV series that ran from 1965 to 1968. Uh, So let me tell you a little bit about it. When an extinction event caused by the Christmas star meteor crashing into Earth threatens humanity's survival in 2046, mankind launches the Resolute with its Jupiter pods, taking selected families to colonize a new world. The Robinson family is selected for the 24th such trip. But before they arrive at their destination, an alien robot breaches the station's hull, which forces some of the families to evacuate early in their Jupiter pods. However, the Robinsons, Jupiter 2, and other crafts fall into a rip in space and crash land on an unknown planet. The Robinsons and other colonists battle the strange new environment and their own personal demons as they attempt to escape the planet. So, Tachi and Tone, what are your first thoughts about Netflix Lost in Space. I'm going to defer to my guest since you're the guest. Go ahead, first tone. Oh, wait, before our guest says, I, got, I forgot to mention one other thing. We, okay. Uh, uh, every week when we review uh, shows, we watch at least two episodes of every show we review, and this week is no different. So over to you, Tone. What were your first impressions or first thoughts on uh, Lost in Space? Well, first, um, again, thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, this is a very interesting show, and um, I, I think in order for us to like present it clearly to, to our listeners here, I think we have to definitely address um, the, the stage that we're in as far as um, TV as a whole. We are in an environment right now that is heavily, heavily saturated with remakes, reimaginings, and people basically taking ideas from the past and bringing them to today. And I think this show is basically on the same 
on, on the same narrative of, of 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 shows like The Return of Roseanne, um, Twenty Four when it came back, um, X Files with the new season, uh, Fuller House. So like, it seems like America just wants to revisit nostalgic old shows, and I think that kind of puts the show on a different um uh, a different playing field because you're not just getting the show; they're also um kind of trying to get a little steam off the nostalgia factor. I, for one, was never really a big fan of the original Lost in Space. Maybe it's because of my, the age or the fact that I, um, I'm i 38, putting it out there. So I, I wasn't able to um, see it, the series, as an adult. So I don't probably appreciate it as much as someone else. So I went into this as a new viewer, and the nostalgia factor didn't really play on me. So what I got from the show was basically my raw impressions of the show. So it wasn't biased by some type of... um like I said, nostalgia or anything like that from before. Well, I, I actually, I wonder how many people really are familiar with the original show. I mean, other than everybody's heard the line, Danger Will Robinson, even if you've never heard of Lost in Space, you've heard that people have done that line in you know, stand-up comics have done that line. And um, I know what the robot looks like. I remember going to Universal Studios as a kid and they had the Lost in Space robot was there in one of the displays. So um, that's pretty much all I know about it. Just the basic story. I know that also it's supposed to be based on uh, the Swiss Family Robinson, which is like based on Robinson Crusoe. So they have been rebooting and remaking stuff from way back. <laughs> Things, you know, even books and stories have been ideas of other stories and different versions of them. So um, I and think before this is a- actually, um, I'm sorry, kid, before I actually jumped into watching this, I did a quick Google search. Was, I, I remembered seeing something about Lost in Space a while back, and there was a movie in 1998. I was, I was, that was my next question. I was going to say, Go did ahead. either of you see the 1998 movie of uh, Lost in Space? Because I did see that movie. I did not. I did not. I did not see the movie either. That just shows you how big of a Lost in Face fan. <laughs> hey, I do. You know what? Was. Even though you two, I was hoping one of you saw the movie so I could basically air a pet peeve I have about this movie. Uh, I was still score. Let's put it like that. And basically, there, this, it isn't just this movie because a lot of movies will do this. And there's a scene in the Lost in Space movie where, because they made Dr. Smith all super evil in that movie i mean he basically tries to get the whole family killed to save his own his own ass and basically the 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 father basically does what he has to do and he gets back control of the ship and and manages to rescue his his children and his wife and uh and so he basically had has a point where he could kill dr smith and dr smith says you can't kill me because if you kill me You'll be just like me, and you won't be able to live with yourself and and uh and with your you know and uh, be with your family. And I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> Not only could I kill you because you almost killed my whole family, as opposed to taking this person around all through space that tried to kill my whole family with me, I could kill you and sleep well at night and tuck my child in at night and kiss him on the forehead and say, Daddy killed the bad man that tried to hurt my son. So you rest well because the bad man is gone. So I hate it when movies, <laughs> when they try to do that thing like, if you, if you kill me, you'll be like me. No, I won't. You're a killer that tried to kill us. So me killing you is not the same. You tried to kill us for giggles. I'm killing you to save my own ass and my family. 
So no, we're not the same. And now you're dead. And now we'll be happy and safe. <laughs> oh, wow. Dr. Well, Kevin's carrying out a baggage from this movie. <laughs> yes, Clearly. It really... Well, it wasn't... It, no, it, that movie's an example. I've seen that scene in so many movies where there's a bad guy and he tells the person who had... The good person who has a gun on them or something and they always tell him that exact... You can't do this because you'd be just like... No, that doesn't make me like you. I'm killing somebody who's trying to kill me. You weren't killing me in self-defense. You were killing me because you're evil. We're different. So how does this compare, Kevin, to the, this new series on Netflix? How does this compare to the movie? What are oh, some well, of the one parallels? Thing, well, one other weird thing about that the movie from 1998, it featured the guy who plays Joey from Friends was in it. <laughs> so that was another rando thing from the 1998 movie. When, when he thought he was going to actually have a film career, he was in that. And then people were like, yeah, you know what? Stay on the small screen. <laughs> I think Commissioner wow. Gordon was also in there, right? The 1998 movie? Yeah, the which 1998 movie. Which Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, which one? Well, I'm sorry, the Commissioner Gordon from the Christian Bale movies. Um, oh. Oh, I think you're right. I think he, I he think was so. he was Dr. Smith. I think he was the evil Dr. Smith that was telling Lee, me. Lee, Gary, Gary. Um, yeah, I think uh, you're right. Oldman? Get my Google fingers. Yes. Oldman? Is it Oldman? Yeah. yeah, Gary. I think Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, he was in that. He was Dr. Smith. And so speaking of Dr. Smith, we'll talk about this version of Dr. Smith. This Dr. Smith is paid by, uh, played by one uh, Parker Posey. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you two are, are fans of Parker Posey. I have loved her since she was like an indie movie darling slash queen uh, in the 90s. I've, I've loved her so much. And I feel like she was born to play this part. <laughs> just, the way she's playing this this part is just so perfect i love the the nuances of where she actually i know that dr smith is like a bad person uh-huh. but i wasn't sure how bad they're going to make dr smith in this version versus the original show versus the movie and so when she basically to save her own ass leaves someone else to die i'm like well that guy probably was going to die anyway, so I guess she's not that bad. But um, there's a point where she, she, you start to think that there's some humanity to her because there's a person that she's with who basically starts thinking he's reading her and he's attributing all these things to her based on a necklace. And, it, and basically, I think everything about that was completely bogus i feel like she tricked him as well as us watching that there was some kind of humanity at her core oh absolutely she's all about self-preservation because if you look when they're locked into the uh in the when the robot locks them in because of something that's happening on the ship Am I actually talking about the first two episodes? I don't remember. Wait, did I you watched... watch more than the, did you watch I did. More... I did. So, <laughs> so oh. you know, yeah, super. Yeah, she's achiever. always a little bit too conscientious. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You know, because it just keeps going and Netflix is like the next episode starts in three, two, one, and you just keep it going. So I, I think this was the second episode. <laughs> Blame it on Netflix. I love it. I am blaming Netflix. It's Are all you still watching? So I guess you didn't get that one, Taji. Yeah, because her hand was broken. She didn't have any control over her remote or anything. You're right. Sure didn't. So the um, there was a part where the uh, Dr. Smith 
this uh, actually June Harris <laughs> was locked in a room with uh, what's a little but Will with Will 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 Robinson. Will Robinson? How can you not? Will, that is like the claim to fame. Is it Danger Will Robinson? Damn it! With Danger Will Robinson. Okay, so they were locked in. They were locked in there, <laughs> and she goes into this whole soliloquy of. Um, well, it's okay to, you know, think about saving yourself and preserving self and self-preservation. She gave this whole speech as if she was trying to convince herself that what she was doing was okay. So she's very much about self-preservation. Well, but, but now to me, there is, there is a limit. I can even forgive someone or a character that's about self-preservation to a point. There is a point. I don't want to give too much away. That's one of the struggles when we talk about these shows is how much we're going to give away about the first two episodes, or in Taji's case, the whole series. Um, Any the, bad I, way. There's a My po- case, too. There's a point where, where Dr. Smith uh, basically uh, steals something to basically save herself. And then she uses this to draw attention and get herself rescued and when once she's rescued she's asked by the people who rescue her oh is there anyone else who's like no and she's like what would have how would have hurt her to say oh there's some other people over there that are kind of could use some help she basically like to me it's one thing for her to to do what she did to basically get herself saved which is ugly that was ugly to start with, but she reaches new levels of ugly. Once she is safe, she doesn't even. Oh, and by the way, there's other people could use your help too. No, like yeah, we're good. Let's go. It's you know, forget about forget about that. Let's go back to the beginning of what she does to get there in the first place. Yeah, she she borrowed someone's jacket. Yeah, what's your point? well i think it's also something we have to acknowledge is that it's i think it's very interesting that they decided to actually gender bend or is it sex bend i'm not sure what do you call it uh the role it is gender bend gender or sex is where it works but but, but the gender is same thing you're saying the same thing to two different ways yeah they gender bended dr smith and and i believe um parker posey that's what that's that's the name of the actress yes she does uh I, she does an amazing job because from just from seeing these two episodes, I really dislike this lady. <laughs> so she's doing an yes. amazing job. Oh yeah, she, she has the face of a Disney princess, evil like queen or something. Yes, oh, that's a good point. That's, that's good really point. good. Her mm-hmm. look, you're right. That's a really good point. Well, um, let's see. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about from the beginning because I kind of like to go a little bit in order is I love uh, when they crash land on the ship, the Robinson family, and the only one that can get out initially is Will Robinson, Tachi. And once he oh, <laughs> gets to the fired. surface of this, and he's looking, the expanse, when we see this incredible vista, it, it felt like, are we watching a movie? Because this doesn't feel like a TV show. They really uh, gave you some great locations and great effects in that first episode uh, uh, that I was really impressed by right off the top. If I if I could, let me just talk about this first episode in terms of the the setting and some other things. So the thing that made me at first like, mm, yeah, me and Lost in Space aren't going to get along too well. Number one, they look like they were just on Earth. I'm sorry. To me, they look like they were on maybe some post-apocalyptic, still growing back Earth. It's Earth. And clearly, it was shot on Earth, 
but it looks like it was shot on Earth. So I was like, yeah, okay, they're on Earth. So it didn't give me the feeling of otherworldliness or being someplace else. They were just on Earth after some apocalypse. That's what it felt like to me, setting-wise. I think they could have, even though it looked great and it was shot well, it, it did not feel like something otherworldly, as I was saying. So that's one thing. Number two, I had a lack of sympathy for the characters in the first episode because to me, they did things to get themselves in that predicament. I was like, oh, come on. Oh, yeah. What the hell? Now that really, little girl, you're going to do this? That's why you're stuck. You okay, did now, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> I knew you were going to Smith in there. I know you were going to go there. Okay, now, I believe that was Judy. Are you talking about Judy? Judy? Yeah. The, yeah, okay. Um, now, what happens is this. These... Uh, we go, we get, we we go back and forth in time in the first episode, and we learn that these seats on these ships are incredibly exclusive, and even the all the children, everybody goes through extensive training to be able to be a part of this and flee the the burning husk that is Earth, and um, so when the person who's supposed to dive uh into when the, sh the ship crashes on ice and it and it and it goes into uh, a body of water beneath the ice and so uh will the little boy who's like 11 is supposed to go dive down because he's the smallest and uh to go in the open hatch at the top of the ship that he exited when they were leaving the ship before it sank and um he freezes which we learn later he froze uh, when faced with a challenge during uh, their being assessed. But we ultimately end up learning, I'm going to give away a spoiler, well, this whole show is spoiler alert, um, is the fact that his mother, the only reason the, their whole family, because a lot of people, their whole family couldn't come. Only some of the family members were able to come. The only reason she got her whole family was because she actually broke in uh, electronically and changed one of her son's test results. And so upon seeing that he was freezing up, his sister took it upon herself to not make him, force him to dive. She dove in his place. I understand that. And, but uh, and, and let's but wait let me one more, one more point taji let's say that she didn't dive if she didn't dive they were going to freeze to death they're on this planet they didn't have any they needed a fuel cell because the sun was going to go down and the temperature was going to be so low they were going to freeze to death so either you freeze to death trying to save your family or you all freeze together i guess huddle together and, and turn into a giant ice cube i guess okay and how did that work for them did they get the fuel cell uh -huh. Again, Tachi, you're making it seem as if she just did something like she was diving into the ship to try and get some cotton candy or something. No, I'm not saying <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. But the thing is, sometimes you have to look at what am I doing that because it was all for naught. Had there not like I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but had there not been the thought to go and, you know, uh, do whatever they I, I don't want to give away any spoilers. So let, I'll just say this. When she dives and almost doesn't make it out, she actually drops the fuel cell. Remember? 
Well, they, no, no he, they actually, when she was trying to swim to the surface, Herb, they, they're, they're telling her because the, every, all of a sudden the temperature makes a, a very quick drop right. and it starts freezing. And they basically tell her, because she's swimming, carrying the fuel cell, they tell her to drop the fuel Correct, cell. Correct, to drop the fuel cell. Because she can't swim faster, she can swim faster without it. And so, but they did, obviously they know the temperature was going to change that rapidly. Um, now, I understand what you're saying, but I can understand why you would at least attempt, because if if that didn't happen, if she didn't die, they were still going to all freeze to death. The only because of something that happens later in the episode is the only reason they are still alive. Exactly. And which has nothing to do with their efforts. Not a damn thing to do with their efforts. So the, 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 whole, be- the whole beginning of this is like one pitfall after another that is their own doing. And I'm like, you know what? This family is just damn stupid. I can't with them. I can't with them. <laughs> well, see, I actually like the idea that they kind of conveyed the idea of the different the different kids got training in different areas. And so uh, Penny seems to have medical training. So she actually talks. Their mother is injured in the crash. And she talks her other sister. Uh, oh, yeah, Judy talks. No, that's Penny. Judy. Yeah, Judy mm-hmm. talks her sister Penny into basically performing a procedure to stop so her mother won't lose her leg. Um, which I thought was an example of the fact that they all have different kinds of training. And I actually like the idea that they made um, the Will Robinson character that he's that he's a real kid and he gets scared uh, and stuff like that. And even we see later in the second episode, as a result of almost dying, because um, I always hated in shows where horrific things happen to people and they seem to have by the episode, the next episode, there's no ill effects from what happened to them, the trauma they just suffered. But the uh, Judy, it's it's shaken her, the fact that she almost died. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Tone, you're mighty quiet. I'm paying, this is, this is good. I'm paying attention. <laughs> 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 It's like I have the front for a press row seat on here, so I'm like, hmm. <laughs> All right, well, what did you guys think of the flashbacks on Earth? Because uh, I kind of like that touch of us giving a glimpse of what it looked, uh, what their lives were like on Earth, and the fact that the parents, you know, the Robinson family is there's definitely some uh, some trouble in uh, paradise. With their marriage as well as, I think that clearly there's some kind of backstory that we're going to learn about when it comes to Judy. Because she seems to have more resentment towards her father than the other children do, even though they have issues with their father. And the clearly there was a, a question about the marriage, the marriage of the two of them. And uh, another thing that I'm wondering about that, um, I don't know if it's been answered in what you've seen, Tachi, since you've seen more than us. Is is this show doing colorblind casting because uh, Judy's the actress who plays Judy is biracial? So I'm not sure if we're just not going to ever mention that, or is she the product of uh, from another relationship, another marriage between you know uh, one of the parents is just her bio parent and the other parent isn't? I they haven't explained anything about that in the two episodes that I've seen. I haven't, well, and I know Tone watched, uh, did you watch the whole thing or did you just watch? I watched the whole thing. Netflix never asked me if I'm still watching. Oh (laughs) my God. Well, okay, again, way to basically give away the ending, Tone. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We're supposed to be voting on this at the end of the (laughs) episode. Should Tone watch the whole season? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, the fact that you watched the whole season. Okay, let's just cut to the chase. The final, the question I ask at the end of the episode, at the end of the show tone is, are you going to keep watching Lost in Space or are you going to change the channel? The fact that you've watched the whole season pretty much has made it anti-Clamato when it comes to you. No, no. Oh, so that just means that I'm lazy and I don't know where the remote is. I'll watch that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't have to appreciate it. Wow. <laughs> okay, wow. so the jury's still out if you actually liked it. You watched all of it, but did you like it? We'll have That's to find out That's still out, out later. there, correct. All right. That's still mis- out there. We're, so- uh, uh, is everybody on the edge of their seat yet? we'll sit back because we have more to talk about if you are so um for me what did you ask kevin (laughs) what did you think about the flashbacks on earth and getting a glimpse of what their life was like on earth see we got sidetracked and i forgot okay so i i thought that was necessary we needed to understand what was what their past lives were like to come to some understanding of what was going on on the ship. So I think that the flashbacks are necessary. Sometimes in series, they don't do a good job with flashbacks. I think they did a good job with these flashbacks because they set the tone, no pun intended tone, for (laughs) (laughs) for what was happening on the ship currently. One thing I am very interested in is that whole relationship. Yeah, I'm wondering. So Judy is obviously, I don't know if she's supposed to be biracial on the show, or if you know what the case now, may no, be. No, you atone. You've seen the whole series. Do they deal with with Judy's biology, or they just don't say anything about it at all? I'm, I can't disclose anything, Kevin. No spoilers here. Uh, okay. Well, thanks. Can you at least <laughs> tell us is she supposed to be biracial? Damn it! I mean, um, you know what's interesting? <laughs> uh, I I um I, I'm not 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 to sidetrack it, but this is kind of related to the conversation here. I watched Fantastic Four, the last Fantastic Four movie. And if, as you guys know, um, Johnny Storm um, was played by an actor that happened to be African-American. Um, I don't know why his name is escaping me now. He's a really talented actor. And the whole movie, I, uh, before, I, before I saw the movie, I, I kept asking myself, did, did they just make a bold choice, you know, and just picked an actor uh, who's, you know, African-American to play a character who's usually white? And and that kind of distracts the audience sometimes because as an audience member, even if you even if even if it's not the of course you don't have any type of bias or anything you know who plays who, but subconsciously you're trying to figure out like is there something something there? And I had the same thing as you guys watching the first episode. Um, the whole time I kept wondering like did they just make a choice and say you know we're going to cast an actress that's biracial to play this role or is there more to it? Um, so definitely I have that question as well. And so you are okay. You can answer this. Is that question answered in the ten episodes that you saw? You don't have to tell us the answer is, but is that is that is it at all mentioned or dealt with? Oh, it's acknowledged. Okay, thank you. All very right, much. that's all we need. Ten years later, tone. Thank ah, you. All <laughs> right, Lord. It's important. <laughs> okay, well, we. I look forward to getting the answer that you could give us right now. All right. Well, can, <laughs> can I you talk? Can I talk about the flashbacks though? Because I, I actually have a different point of view than Tachi on this. Oh, uh-oh. um, I, I really think that this first episode, um, this this first episode hit a lot of bases. Like uh, shows that do, usually take two different approaches. Um, they do the momental thing where they kind of start the show at the end and try to, you know, give you piece by piece. And every episode is a, a bit of a puzzle like Lost. And then this other approach that I that this episode Impact took was what basically it just gave you a lot of stuff to think about. And I thought the flashbacks in my in my particular taste were a little bit too much. 
I was already trying to figure out like what's happening and you know the whole space aspect what's this planet there were a lot of questions already so I thought the flashback gave me answers to questions that I wasn't even looking for answers yet so I found it a little bit confusing I also think I wanted to touch on what you spoke about before Kevin um the, the the quality of the production is amazing guys netflix is definitely spending a lot of money on these shows and i was it looked like you were watching a film like honestly the, it, it looked just like a film the i i, I thought that the sets um I, it could have been any planet i agree with tachi on that it could have been earth but but the quality of, of the the whatever digital stock they're using on here it's amazing like the color correction is amazing it looked like a film it definitely looked like they didn't they didn't skirt on price when it came to this well they um, are sp- I'm sorry. They're no, spending eight billion dollars. Netflix Whoa. has pledged to spend eight billion dollars on original content, so they're spending some definite money on all of these things. Plus, you know, in addition to the acquisitions that they've made from Sundance and their original, their own original series, they're spending some major money. So, if it in this day and age, you have no excuse with the low price point to get into cinema quality production not to have cinema quality production so if it looked like crap i would have been like really netflix eight billion dollars first of all netflix just give us a little taste it wouldn't even it would cost you so little (laughs) to have a tv channeling show it really would so Give us exactly. a little nod. Give us a little look, taste. Look, remember, we said we would do it for some um, gift cards. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Netflix has been kind of cheap with their money because remember, um, who was this comedian who was just saying Netflix wasn't trying to pay her? Oh, that was um, uh, uh, um, very talented. One she name. One name. Monique. That was Monique. Monique. Monique said that Netflix wasn't trying to give her the millions. Yeah, like, but they were gonna—they were trying out. to lowball her because they thought they could get away with lowballing her because exactly. she because she blackballed herself. When you go on, when you go publicly in on Oprah, all bets are off. I mean, mm. I'm surprised they didn't try to pay her with a gift card after. Trying- <laughs> I have never said anything bad about Oprah, so I have to be paid in actual money now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I think we're worth more than just those gift cards, Tanchi. Unless, unless they're big gift cards, maybe I'd reconsider. Trader Joe's, maybe all day. Don't think speak Trader Joe's now. All right, yeah, Trader Joe's all day. I'll take that. All right, Starbucks, (laughs) baby. um... Uh, no. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) getting back on track, uh, the reason I'm mentioning the budget is because we've seen shows on Netflix that are sci-fi based, for example, like Sense8, where they really they didn't look like there was a budget there. There's definitely a difference between Netflix originals and movies that Netflix, you know, acquires. So let's put that out there. I agree. I agree. Now, um, let's see. One of the things I wanted to say about the, the fact that the planet has does kind of look like Earth. I always, honestly, I have a problem when they do sci-fi shows where people land, like Star Trek was famous for people landing on these planets that have like, you know, uh, you know, plaid skies and stuff like that. And, (laughs) and, And they land there and then like, oh, the air is breathable. That's great. (laughs) <laughs> it's like wasn't that weird how it's breathable but everything looks so incredibly crazy the i i think that they're i think we're gonna learn as the episode progresses there may be a reason why they landed on that planet in particular that something's behind that and so i think it's an earth-like planet for a reason and it's going to be in a part of the story uh so um there's that um the other thing is when it comes to the flashbacks, I actually like the flashbacks because of this. 
you could basically start the story from the very beginning where we're on Earth and we're just on Earth and we're establishing the fact that, you know, uh, that Earth is basically, you know, being destroyed by this meteor and the fallout from it and um, and seeing the kids struggle with it and going to all kinds of classes and will they basically make the cut. This show was all like, you know what? The show is called Lost in Space. Let's get them in space. Let's get them lost right off the jump. The very first scene, they're in the spaceship and it's crashing. And to try to calm the kids down, they're like, let's play Go Fish. Which, pl- that just speaks to the fact that this is a family show. Cause when Can I just when- jump on that, Kevin, right there? Because you, you put it right where I wanted it. And this, this the opening scene, um, guys, basically is the Robinson um, sitting around a table, which is on the ship. And this doesn't give anything away from the plot. And they're all holding hands. And like Kevin said, they start playing fish. And I think the show, especially the first episode, did a marvelous job with subtext. Like delivering us the message, hey, this is a family show. This is a family. Because what's more synonymous than a family sitting around a table holding hands? And I think they just really gave that to us from the beginning. We knew what the the show was about, Kev. Oh, yeah. I I totally agree. I was invested in the family from jump. I think the whole thing with Judy, to me, why the pilot was so genius is it communicated so much in such a short amount of time. We learned the fact that the parents were separated uh, for work and even maybe more issues that we'll learn in the future. And that their marriage was hanging by a thread. And that she basically says to him, I've gotten our kids into this program to leave this planet. You know, the one thing you can do is sign off so I can take them. Right. And so we're learning about the fact that their marriage was horrible. Now, we haven't figured we haven't found out, at least in the two episodes I saw, how he ends up joining them. That hasn't uh, I haven't found that out yet. Tone knows all of it, so but and he's not gonna tell us anything. <laughs> tell us anything. But anyway, so I thought that was excellent. They communicated that. They communicated the dynamic between the kids and the fact that like the Robinsons stick together. We have a flashback where basically we learn that Will is having issues and Judy is like, We're gonna do this. In fact, I'm so confident that you're gonna basically ace these tests. I'm throwing away all my manuals because I'm gonna borrow yours. So I love that. And we flash back to seeing the mother basically put her finger on the scale to make sure that she gets all of her family on that ship. Uh, We get that. We get the idea that the kids have very specific and different training. We, We see what kind of person Judy is. We see what kind of person Penny is and their dynamic. So I feel like I got a lot out of that first episode. Absolutely. And I really love the fact that that whole scene around the table and they're playing go fish. It, mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's that same dynamic. If you think about whenever there's a quote unquote scary situation, even, the, you know, usually the parents are also scared to death as well. But their job is to make sure that they diffuse the situation and make sure the kids are OK. And oh, no, it's OK. It's all right. Let, let's just play cards, you know, trying to diffuse the situation, even though kids are smart they figure out something is not quite right. So, but, you know, it, it just speaks to the fact that parents are always there to kind of diffuse the fear and uh, make sure that their kids feel comfortable. So that is a, a quintessential aspect of, quote, family show. Oh, another moment I really like about that, that we get the parental dynamics and we learn pretty quickly how the parents, how they differ in their parenting styles is... Uh, is when um, Will mentions how far they are from home. And his mother says, call it Earth. It's not your home anymore. 
that felt really real. It's just like <laughs> we're not going back. We like, can't get back. Wow, that that really hits home. Like that's it, it's almost like I mean in a more superficial way, but you know, kind of the same. Like think about. Um, to get serious for a minute, a lot of the people that are refugees from war-torn lands or whatever, even though that, you know, that will always be home, it's like in the back of your head, sometimes you know you're not going back or you can't go back for a very long time because of what's happened. So that kind of brings up themes of that as well. The whole thing of that, they're basically like um, intergalactic refugees. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a really, a really interesting way of looking at it. Well, I, I, when it comes to me, one of the ways I judge sci-fi is this. I don't mind all kinds of fanciful things happening, all kinds of incredible things happening. If people react in a way that an actual person might react in that situation. And to me, the ways that all the characters act, even if I don't always agree with the way they react, all of their reactions seem plausible in those situations. Very true. Very true. I think true. that's also a credit to the, to the cast. Like, um, I'm really bad with names, but we have the same captain from Black Sails. We have the lady here from from House of Cards. Like, they they pick definitely actors who I wouldn't say that are crazy famous, but they're recognizable. And I think everybody brought their A game, even the children. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, here's the here, there's this other uh, this other ode to child genius or ode to teenage genius. So Judy is supposed to be 18 and she's the one that's gotten the medical training. So for all intents and purposes, she is a doctor. So the things she was doing when she was directing penny in terms of the the surgery on the mother and just some of the when the other there is another young woman that gets hurt out in the field, you know, that um, Dr. Smith leaves for dead, basically. <laughs> another person. <laughs> another person. So uh, she basically goes to tend to her. That reeks of, who saw, did you guys see Black Panther? No. Oh, that, that that's on my bucket list. The both that of that you, is on my HBO or Netflix list. The both of you are so terrible. I've seen it three times. And so it's King called T Toddler. <laughs> well, I, I feel you. I feel well, you. I was going to go see it, but then I thought, you know what? Tachi's basically buying my tickets. So I'm just going to go ahead and let her see it for me. And then I'll watch it later on HBO for you since you don't pay for HBO. So I thought <laughs> it kind of worked. It balances out that way. But the she pays expressed. For the views expressed by Kevin Nomalona now the views of TV channel. Yeah, she shockingly has Netflix, but she refuses to get HBO, which is going to be insane because, of course, season two of Westworld. If that isn't reason enough to get HBO right now, I don't know what more you need. It's not. Anyway, so... Kevin, are you sponsored by HBO? Come he on. must be. You know what? If you are, sir, you need to speak up because we could use those... Uh, the, the, we could use that moolah, man. No, first so, of all, no, I am, no, this is not sponsored, sponsored by HBO, but if it was, again, Trader Joe's gift cards or even free HBO. Help I will take free HBO because that's the only way I'm getting HBO. <laughs> so what I was going to say is that Shuri plays the little sister of Chadwick Boseman, who plays King T'Challa in Black Panther. She is a technological whiz. She builds everything. She So 
Judy kind of had that Shuri vibe uh, to me. And it's, it's interesting because that's the big thing. Look, black is the new black. Black is the old black too. But when you find these things, these geniuses that you're starting to see this, this trend now in terms of young girls of color who are savvy in terms of math and science and they're being reflected in film. So we saw that in Black Panther. We're seeing it here. We also saw it in um, A Wrinkle in Time with the, the young girl. So we're starting to see that happen. And I just think it's absolutely amazing. And it's about time. And just to piggyback on that, the new Iron Man in Marvel Comics, it's a young lady of color and she's Iron Man right now. She has a definitely a gift for technology. So it, it's it's everywhere. Wait, she, is, she's not even Iron Woman or no, Iron she's Person? Iron Man. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. She's Iron But in the comic, isn't she called something else? Isn't she something like Iron, not Iron Butterfly, but something else, not Iron Man. She's Iron Iron something. Not Iron Maiden. Not the group. Not, I can't remember. I thought Tony that she was Iron Man and Tony took a back seat. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, I, I heard something about in the actual comic, she's called something else. Look, I don't know. But that doesn't take away from the point. Tati's completely right. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's no, it's cool that, that they're basically uh giving uh women uh more examples of especially when it comes to science, because we know that that um I've seen, you know, several studies that show that when you in elementary school ages, uh boys and girls when it comes to science and math scores are absolutely even, but something happens when puberty kicks in, they separate the, the boy scores seem to uh, with math and science seem to go higher. And women, girls seem to stagnate for some reason in general, not all there are incredible women in, in science and math, but in general, uh, and, uh, giving, uh, young girls more examples of, of women, uh, in media, that are scientists and um, even fictionalized ones is going to, you know, uh, make a little girl think that could be me. I'm, I want to be like that. You have to have just to get, you know, a little uh, uh, academic for a minute. In order for you to believe it's possible, you have to see reflections of yourself doing it. So 100 percent. Yeah, girls oh. who code. Um, okay. put, uh, my my, Go my Google fingers tells me that that you're completely right, Tachi. Ironheart, Riri Williams. Yes, yes, I, I yeah, that's what it was. Ironheart. Ironheart, Riri Williams. Yeah, because yeah, if, if having her be called Iron Man was yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's just like it's 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 a powerful it's a powerful uh, moment for women that they can they can actually aspire to be a man. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a really good look. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Be what you really wanted to be. Oh, man. It's, yeah, the, it's no. the true female empowerment. If you really want to be all you can be, the best you can be is to be a man. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, now one thing we have to talk about, because one of the biggest uh, elements in this show, of course, is the robot, which hasn't, he he's, at this point, he hasn't been named. But, of course, Tone knows his name, probably knows his social security number, but uh, he's not going to tell us. Serial anyway. number, Kevin. Serial number. <laughs> <laughs> For identity theft purposes. He's going to keep it to himself. But um, what did you guys think of the design of this? Are, are either of you even familiar with the original uh, Robbie the Robot design? The the look of him uh, versus the, this new uh, robot, which is 
incredible the design of it i think what do you guys think of of uh, his look and our introduction to him go ahead go ahead tachi this is all you you get it first (laughs) oh no i I was i was i was gonna defer to you but if you oh my okay does when anyone's guest guest co-host on this with me does is there anybody out there that wants to join this conversation because the people i'm doing it with are kind of not can you take the bass out of your voice kevin huh Let me start off by saying that everyone, even people who have not seen Lost in Face, are familiar with the robot from Lost in Face. It's, it's an iconic robot. And at first, when I first saw the, this robot appear in episode one, I was, even though I'm not nostalgic because I'm not really a big fan of the first show, I was kind of taken back a little how different and modern the design of the robot was. But you know what? As time went on into episode two, I, it definitely grew on me. And I'm actually, right now... um. I would say I'm, I'm a fan of the design, and I think it, it really goes well with, with the, this Robinson family that they created. Um, and also just because of um, logistics, I just couldn't see that the old robot, the way it moved, um, like it would look actually authentic. Oh, that was, that's one of the things. Now, I've only seen a few episodes of the original Lost in Space, but they were only lost on very level ground because the original robot <laughs> yeah, yeah. even the slightest of inclines and it was over so <laughs> uh, well, one of the things i love about this robot is like apparently they took some uh, notes from michael bay because this robot can transform so when we initially happen upon i'm gonna i'm gonna lovingly call him robbie the robot even though i don't know what his they haven't named him in episode two he's still just robot so um uh he basically is in pieces and he has a completely different form and then once he basically gets put back together um he basically transforms into more of this human it's like he i i'm not even sure but i feel like he looks at will and studies him in his hands and transforms into something approximate of a humanoid form yeah that i can see that's 100 percent. i think first of all i can't see him being called robbie the robot um that (laughs) that just seems like too um what about roberto no (laughs) <laughs> roberto the robot wow he needs he needs a number <laughs> he just or uh some uh some name from an ikea catalog that will work <laughs> um, I, I exactly clipping <laughs> borf i think that i i agree with with tone the this update is 100% needed. I don't think we could go it, it okay, it's like the updates with the robot even though on Doctor Who the um the uh what's the name of the robots? The angels basically look this well the same and the um the um annihilate annihilate Yeah, I'm trying the annihilate the annihilate annihilate, annihilate I'm trying to remember their names. The relics the, uh, the uh, Daleks, yes, uh, the Daleks. Daleks. Yep, Daleks yep. So the Daleks still pretty much look the, the same. Well, they're updated versions of the cardboard they used in the 60s, basically. <laughs> <laughs> because they, I was like, really, Doctor Who? This was the best you could do? 
a washing machine box robot. They needed that Netflix money. They they did. They didn't have that Netflix. They had that little BBC Channel 4 money. That's what they had. But, you know, you, you see the update when you watch the, the new seasons of Doctor Who, how much they've been able to update things. And this is what has happened here. There has been a, an appropriate, a, an age-appropriate update to this robot. And I think it's just a really good design. It doesn't. It almost doesn't feel robotic. Again, as you said, he kind of morphs to mimic Will in a sense, or what a, a facsimile of Will would be like, because he kind of looked like a spider before. And I think that um, it's interesting that you say he looks like a spider because, in usually um, in science fiction, whenever we see robots or ships or even even vehicles, they always mimic their master, their creator. So automatically, when I first saw the robot, I thought to myself, um, whoever created this thing, does they have four arms or six arms? So it's interesting that he was able to morph to look like Will because now it kind of makes me wonder, it just mimics whoever it's around. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then then also, I have to say, I do love the convenience of uh, robot amnesia. I'm going to give away something that I think happens pretty early on. So, and a lot of people probably listening to this probably read some things. The difference between this version and the original version is they brought Robbie the robot with them. There, they encounter this robot on this foreign planet, uh, foreign planet on this alien planet, and um, uh, and kind of basically take them in. And it's kind of like uh, at one point. Uh, as far as heart tugging moments on this show, there's a moment when Will uh, starts playing catch with the robot. He teaches the robot how to play catch with a baseball, and then the father, who has been kind of estranged, basically over sees his son playing catch with the robot, and the look on his face—he looks so broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, should have been there. You could have played catch with him too. That's what you get. Again, some well, again, this family does a lot of stuff to their own demise. So I'm <laughs> like, this is your that's your fault. Should have been there. Okay. And well, family's important, guys, because something that I, I I thought was really interesting watching this show that I have never really experienced watching a Netflix show. This is one of the first shows, as far as these first two episodes, where I actually feel comfortable if I had a, maybe a 13-year-old or 14-year-old watching the show with me. And the whole time on the top left of the corner, it said PG-13. I'm not sure if that happens on other shows. Maybe I don't watch a lot of PG-13 shows. No, it does. First of all, it does not happen on Netflix. Not because, on Netflix. Yeah, you don't let, your, don't let your kid watch House of Cards. Or Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. or anything else on the network. Even the show Thirteen Reasons Why, which was oh supposed to God. be for kids, that show we reviewed it and it absolutely blew my mind. Like, wait a minute, there's like tweens watching this. It's an so, excellent show, but it is not for kids. It is not for kids. Because <laughs> was there any blood? Really, were all the crashing that happened on episode one? I'm not sure if there was any blood. No, there no. Was, yeah, it was the people that got. There are a lot of people did get killed on the space station, and, but they get killed in the futuristic way where you don't actually see blood. Exactly, you laser zap. Yeah, or you get sucked dead. away or eliminated, as they like to say. And and here's the thing: I'm very much a fan of. I I'm not a big fan of gory type things and excessive blood for blood's sake. I think it's stupidity, uh, because I think there are ways of of indicating that something has happened without being so literal. And there are so many when 
we do the classic movie salon, when you look at some of these movies from the 1960s and, and before, they're very conservative, of obviously, in how they show wounding and everything. So you get the fact that somebody has been killed without seeing the person splattered all over the highway, you know? Well, speaking of that uh, classic movie salon product placement, let's talk about product placement in space. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, Milk's favorite cookie is the same as Penny Robinson's because uh, <laughs> even though uh, climate change and a meteor has made Earth uninhabitable, uh, um, I'm comforted by the f- idea that Oreo packaging is going to look very similar to the way it looks today. So, <laughs> for our audience, we're moving on to episode two now. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there's a there's a scene where it turns out that uh yeah that that uh that one of the things that that the mom uh, uh brought on board was empty calories so <laughs> what did you guys think of that i mean what? it was so it was so to me non-subtle the fact i i was okay with the fact that they showed the oreos once uh, and then they then Penny and Judy discuss the Oreos and should they eat them then or should they wait for the rest of the family to be there. But then there's the climactic part after a whole bunch of stuff happens and the family's reunited and they're and basically they're hugging. Uh, 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 Penny is holding the Oreos as they're hug. I'm like, really? We're, oh, they- we're, you, we're all together and we're safe. Let's hug with Oreos. Just escape the winter storm on a foreign planet. Have some Oreos <laughs> with your family. <laughs> Oreos, the cookies of life. Okay. Anyway, you know I always have to make up. <laughs> I always have to make up jingles. Anyway, so HBO but there were listening. There were three times that they did that. So not only those two sandwiched in between, not a much unlike an Oreo. That cream filling was when she was driving in the what's the name yeah, of their she, vehicle? The yeah, in, in, in the chariot. The chariot. the chariot. She's also munching the deliciousness that is Oreos. But yeah, love, who thinks about eating Oreos as you're in the? Who does that? That's 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 just how delicious Oreos are, Tachi. And she I eats guess them the so weird. So. She never opened it. Well, okay, now look. A lot of people don't open them. When you're in the process of driving to try and save your family, it's one thing to snack on oil, but then to basically pull it apart and then lick the creamy. That's (laughs) civilized right there, Kevin. Your family members would be dead in space because you'd be there. (laughs) You'd be be savoring. You'd be savoring the deliciousness that is Oreo. No, what he would. This is what he would be doing. He would wait. Stop. He would stop and then open it and then drive it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Stop. He would be stopping and going so much. Robots, you got any milk? I was going to say, yeah, he'd be dunking them in, 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 in space milk. So, yeah, no. No. <laughs> it's no. not cool, down. I wonder why Oreos, though. But, you know, this is I haven't seen, I'm not claiming to have seen every Netflix show, but that's the first time I've seen such blatant, blatant. prod and pre- I mean, oh. it was in um, your face. Well, hello, Netflix is $20 billion in debt. They need to start doing some of this. Just well, yeah, you know what? Uh, you know what? Oreos are delicious, and there's so many great flavors. And you know what's great about Oreos on that ship? Even when they're dunked in water, they taste delicious. Like, weren't they flooded? 
<laughs> they sure the hell that, were, uh, you know that speaks to the quality future pa- uh, packaging of Oreos even oh when the when the, even underwater under freezing conditions and thawing out that packaging looked and worked great just as crunchy I, I don't I don't I don't get it <laughs> okay so <laughs> that's good pack that's again this takes place in 2040 something so they have perfected waterproof Oreo packaging by then. And it looks exactly the same as waterproof Oreo packaging now. Great. Today, that's one thing. That's one of the, Tosh, that's what I just said. That one of the most comforting things, even though I know the Earth's going to be destroyed, I'm going to take comfort in the fact that Oreo packaging is going to look exactly the same. Oh. Okay, I, I guess I'd buy it. Exactly. Netflix. Okay, well, let's talk a little, a little bit about the chariot. What did you guys think of the chariot? Because what I loved about it was when um, uh, Penny wants to go get the chariot for them to go to rescue uh, the other family members. Uh, she whips off this giant sheet that's over it and then just says, some assembly required. <laughs> I was like, are they serious? I thought that was hysterical. It I was. couldn't get over the fact that it's 2040 in the future. And this thing does have autopilot. Why does she have to pilot the chariot herself? Did it have a Tesla? Well, apparently not. But one thing is, it did have this feature where she was driving, and then she comes to this giant cliff, and then basically the the thing assesses for itself. It says, "It says now activating winter mode." I'm like, "Oh, thank you." And then all of a sudden, she's able to drive off of a cliff for some reason. Exactly with ease at that. Because it's in winter mode, which apparently means you can <laughs> drive off cliffs, I guess. <laughs> it's a Subaru. <laughs> well, one, thing that, one thing that she did say that I thought was really fun was when she was trying to, uh, to pilot the car. She goes, uh, she says, um, it's like bumper cars where people, where everybody dies. I just, so just like, I thought, well, that does seem right. She was able to handle, because she didn't have a driver's license. She had never operated the vehicle before, but she's able to get in it and master it pretty quickly while eating America's favorite cookie. The, again, Oreo. I, I uh, see, I, I need for them to sponsor us because at this juncture, we have said their name 17 times. And I don't think they said the name in the show, did they? I know they could refer it as the blue package. Yeah, they didn't say the name, but you don't have to. You know exactly. Well, you, they, what... they held it up to their faces and they were hugging. So, yeah, I think we got the idea what the name of it was. But for those of you who don't know, it's a creamy licking chocolate <laughs> sensation. Oh, R E O. Uh huh, and that's enough with the product placement on TV. <laughs> now, episode Nabisco. two was interesting, also. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, we don't even get money for this. Make us an offer, Nabisco. <laughs> we they don't help. have to. You already did it for damn free, Kevin. They have other yeah, products. Kevin. I have good things to say about Lorna Dunes, too, but I'm withholding that until they basically give us a couple of books. Oh, God. Oh, man. Netflix, we need some Twinkies. Now, um, <laughs> episode two um, is, is, is very interesting because episode one, um, guys, basically they focus mainly on the family and introducing the family, which makes sense. It's the Robinsons. But in episode two, we got we got a little bit closer to the doctor. And um, I can't remember this guy's name, but I really thought he kind of stole episode two. Oh my God! You're ab- I know. I know who, who you're talking about. I, I can't remember his name either, but he absolutely stole it. I mean, he has this great line because there's a chicken that oh, he has yes, universal with yes. his good luck chicken, and so they're talking about what they're going to carry, and so he basically tells her he puts the chicken into the backpack, and he t- and he tells Parker Posey, he goes, "Okay, I'll carry the chicken. If we have, if we find a cow, you'll carry that." <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh he's really good. I I I enjoyed him. He added that bit of comic relief to a show that is not really comedy per se, but he adds that bit of comic relief. I think that's exactly what he hit. Um everyone is pretty serious on this show. Um even the kids like the, the, these kids are very um very precocious like the they're basically like like they're like grown-up little people except except will like we, he's not very precocious at all <laughs> he's like a kid but they have such responsibility and i really think that he, that guy has like a certain lightheartedness to him and it really it really balanced that out especially against the doctor who like i said she's like a disney villain this woman yeah and uh, you're right and i i like the fact when it comes to the kids the reason why i like, I like they're they're playing it the right way is the idea that the gravity of the situation they're in not only is earth pretty much over with but they were they were lucky to be one of the few to get on an arc so realizing how serious that is and the fact that now the plan where we're supposed to be going we're not there we don't know where we are we're on a we're crashed on a planet i i I always bothers me in movies when people are in super danger i'm not saying that you wouldn't crack wise a little bit but when opposite. things are supposed to be serious and people are doing throwing off one liner after one one liner and or or where there's kids in some dangerous situation and they're like being super petty, it's just like you know our mom almost died 15 minutes ago. Can we not you know snap at each other for no reason? Yeah, Only Will absolutely. Smith gets away with doing that. Will Smith. Will Smith can crack jokes in any dangerous situation, and I believe. Oh yeah, no, but that, but that, but again, who's taking anything? When you watch Men in Black Part Eighteen, you know Will Smith <laughs> is in zero danger. So yes, he can crack wise and tell all. He can do a stand-up routine, and we're and, and while shooting aliens, and we're like, okay, whatevs. Pass now my Google fingers, Kevin, tell me the name of the character is Don West, and he's played by Ignacio Sericio. Oh, excuse oh. me. And um, he basically guys played a mechanic, and I really think he stole he stole episode two. Oh, please say his name again, Ignacio Sericio. Ignacio Se Sericio. I could I could be butchering that, but Don West. He, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's a relation to Kanye, but yeah, he definitely, definitely <laughs> stole that one. Don West. So he's the new you know he's a new West kid because I can't keep track. <laughs> Wow, wow. Yeah, like Chicago. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So, Kevin, isn't it time that you ask us? I guess it is, okay? I guess it's time for me to ask the question that I love to ask so much. But first, Ooh, can I just say one thing before you ask the sure. question, Kevin? Uh, episode one, the, the music design, like the music. I I, I didn't watch this first season, so uh, I, the people who who are listening to this, um, don't let the music put you off from episode one. I found the music to be a little bit overbearing at times, a little bit too much. Maybe it was an homage to the first show. In episode two, I found the music just fit in. It kind of snuck right under the plot, and and it didn't really distract. So if anybody feels like the music is a little bit too campy over the top from episode one, please don't let that distract you from watching episode two. I didn't notice it, so clearly they're not going to win any uh, soundtrack um, awards. Anyway. Well, they won't. No, I didn't <laughs> notice it. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention about, I didn't mention about the robot, is the fact that I love, he is a Swiss army knife. Not only can he change, but I like, we're, uh, at one point, the whole family is freezing on this freezy, on the icy part of this planet. And he, and we're, Will basically was like, um, you know, can you do it? We're cold. Can you help? And he just puts his hands out and all of a sudden, a, a space heater. I'm like, is there anything <laughs> this robot can't do? Get it, space heater. I love it. Yes, it, space, space heater. heater literally yes wow. so i just thought that that was really nice so it's like if you have to have a robot you need a robot that can multitask exactly <laughs> all right so it's time for me to ask the question that all of you people tune in week after week to hear me ask all right tone and tachi are you going to keep watching lost in space or are you going to change the channel? Let's let Tone answer, even though we know he's not going to change it because he's watched the whole thing. Well, so, I'm Tone, watch- what did you think of the show? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, uh, again, uh, I don't. I don't think me watching the whole thing just lets it out of the bag. I think um, I would definitely watch season two. Like, let's put it like that. So I'll, I'm going to continue. So you watching. are going to keep watching. I am going to keep watching. All right. Okay, uh, Tachi, what are you going to keep watching or are you going to change the channel? I'm kind of vested in seeing what's going on now, especially since we've been talking about it. So I'm going to continue to watch. Once once they pass, let, let me tell you, they became less annoying of a that's what you get, <laughs> get family as I watched it on. Because at the beginning, I was like, oh, that's what the hell you all get. I'm not watching this after oh my God. whatever. Tachi, so, only you can see children in danger and be like, well, that's what they get. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? Who, Who told, told you to, try you to, to jump in the family? water? Who to told you to save your family from freezing to death? What kind of stupid brat are you? Look, they did things to add to their own demise. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I, I thought I was as I was watching okay, it at you, first. You, you, you are not. If I have a child, you will not be a godmother. You will not be babysitting. Because you're like, you know what, your kid. I he was hanging. He was standing next to this uh, the washing machine near those Tide Pods. If he wanted to taste them, that's on him. Okay, see, and then, then that's a bit. Who told you to put that <laughs> in your mouth? So, I, you, yeah, I guess I, that's just just me. But they got less. That's what you get annoying as they they started to get more savvy in their situation. So I'm gonna keep watching. So I guess I have to ask you. We, we're gonna ask you the same thing. Are you going to keep watching, or will you change the, the channel? Well, you know what? I have to keep watching at least until I find out. Like. When we actually see a flashback of Judy's black mom or black dad, <laughs> I need to see. <laughs> I need to see that episode because if her real mother is Oprah, I am going to lose it. Can you imagine? Oprah would have been on that ship. She would have paid for her own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, actually, no. I was surprised at how engaged I was. I feel invested in the family. There's a one scene where the mom is getting ready to go off on some kind of, you know, adventure. And she says, and she says to one of the kids, get your feet off the console. It felt like mom saying, get your foot feet off of the coffee table. I'm like, I love that kind of balance of like, I'm a, I'm a mom, I'm a dad. And these are kids, but we all have jobs. And, you know, I I love that whole kind of balance of it's like we're a family, but we're also a team in space. Okay. And we happen to be lost. In space. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, goodness. Well, I'm glad uh, that you all enjoyed it. So it looks like we're all going to keep watching. Tone's going to watch season two. You're going to continue to watch season one. and Until so I see some I. black parents. I'll Until be you see black folks, black parents. <laughs> Until I get an explanation for her sounds of blackness, I need, I'm going to keep watching. Absolutely. So with that, let's uh let's tell let's talk a little bit more about uh where they can hear us more if you're oh but first i want to talk about like where you can listen to our special guests because we're so lucky to have tone here tone let everybody know where they can find you on social i too am very humble (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my favorite part of this is self-promotion people and um definitely check me out on youtube folks it's that's youtube.com forward slash the tone show so after you're done uh, watching some TV channel and listening, come watch the Tone Show. Thank you, guys. Absolute Tone, thank you for being here. We are so honored that you hung out with us for not one, but two episodes. So we're really lucky that that happened. I'm well, very actually, uh, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there for historians and uh, uh, future uh, you know, media scholars uh, decades from now to aid you in your search. When you're looking for the lost episodes of TV channeling, the one coveted episode that you have to find is our Star Trek special that we had our guest tone show where we where we actually reviewed Star Trek Discovery, the first episode of that, talked about our favorite episodes of Star Trek of all time and our favorite franchises. It was a stellar episode, but due to technical difficulties, the show and sadly, the episode is lost. Lost in cyberspace. So, wow. film historians, if you can find that show, I'm sure future generations will marvel at how incredible it was. And if you can find it, let us know, please. Because we would love to hear it. Really? And guys, <laughs> where can people find you guys? That's a great question. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Tashi, oh. why don't you answer that? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Tone. You can actually listen to us on iTunes, which is now Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Podbean.com. And actually, if you just go to TVChanneling.com, you can listen to this episode plus past episodes. But maybe you want to do more than just listen to us. Maybe you want to reach out and touch someone. Ooh, that's so old. On social. How could they do that, Kevin? Well, speaking of touching... Oh. I, I I want you to touch those keys <laughs> and use those supple <laughs> fingers to give us a positive review. Oh, Lord. Because we love you and we love it when you love us back. Oh, yes, that's right. Give a review. Yeah, a positive review. And again, if you don't like the show, why are you still listening? This is the end. You listen to the whole thing. You couldn't have had that big of a problem with it. Damn, really? (laughs) So, yeah, write a positive review. If you have something negative to say, life is short. Look at who the president is. Don't waste your time (laughs) writing a bad review of this podcast. Hug your families. Hug your kids. Hold them close because they may not be here much longer. Oh, damn. We may be lost in space for real. (laughs) We may be (laughs) lost in space. (laughs) So where can they find us on social, Kevin? We are everywhere on social. We are on uh, we're on Snapchat. We're on Facebook. We're on the gram known as Insta. And we are on my personal favorite 
Twitter. So follow us on all those platforms. And if you have any questions about any of the shows that we reviewed, if there is some news story going on in uh, media that you want to hear Tachi or my take on, let us know. And um, if you'd even like to be a guest on the show, you could be the next Tone. You could be the next Tone show. That's not even too high now for them. (laughs) (laughs) Let them dream, damn it. Let people dream. Wow. Yeah, and that is that is high that is high aim. So cause tone, you definitely set the tone. Uh, the bo- for yeah, that sets this. the tone sets the tone and sets the bar very high. Very I high. Very humble. <laughs> oh, it shows. It, it shows. shows. Your hum your humility is written all over this. So in any case, thank you so much once again, Tone, for joining us. We're humbled and honored, honestly, that you you took the time to join us for now three shows actually one lost show and two for real shows so thank you <laughs> for thank for you i think here. i hold the record now you guys are amazing and i'll continue listening fantastic and with that we're gonna get out of here and let you go back to doing whatever it was you were doing before you started listening to us we love you for listening and we appreciate you and with that i will say bye from tachi and goodbye from kevin and remember if you're watching it We're talking about it. Cheers. Bye.